You're listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider, bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our review of round seven and preview of round eight. This episode is brought to you by LA Galaxy's new unofficial third color, red. Uh, uh, No, 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 no. Uh, Actually, brought to you by our amazing MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon supporters. It's because of you all that we are continuing to keep this project going. Thank you so, so much. Uh, You can learn more about this project at uh, patreon.com slash MLSFI. And again, I'm letting out, getting at this message early each each episode this month. Uh, be sure to have selected the tier that you want because I'm going to be running the report this month for uh, the, the swag that we're ordering. Uh, so be sure to get in there and get your tier selected so that I have the correct information. Happy to try to make updates uh, after the fact, but it's always easier to get it all done. So this month uh, in, in April, be sure to have your tier properly selected. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Blaine Riffle and Ashley Savage. Uh, just a, a classic three trio tonight. We're working on getting Skylar Redpath on the show, uh, but some work schedules are conflicting, so we're hoping to have that soon, but welcome. Hi. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back, Ashley. Yes. Happy to be back. And I guess we should say welcome back, Spencer, to be able to give you some some more flexibility now. Yeah, single parenting. I don't know how people do it all the time, but I've been doing it part time, and it's been miserable. So I'm very glad he's not traveling anymore, <laughs> uh, and I don't have to miss any more Mondays. Uh, yes. Well, I know that Blaine's got a little bit of stuff going on tonight as well, so he's hoping to pop in and pop out some. So we're going to just jump right into our first segment of expectations and reality from this past round, and Blaine. Uh, let you go ahead and, and just kick us off with some of your takeaways. Yeah. Um, overall, I got a 117 for the round, which was wing, week rank 386. So no complaints here on that one, especially after having some pretty bad weeks lately with everything going on in my life right now. It was actually refreshing to see one of those triple-digit scores. Uh, I hit big with the Vancouver triple on defense, which is big takeaway for me on this i expected more goals in that game but the defense was doing what i thought they would do portland really doesn't have much to offer offensively right now we have no fantasy options in that squad uh it's kind of a who gets a goal and when for them but there's no way to predict it and when they're running into solid defenses they're not getting anything done so i bet heavily against portland and i will probably continue to do that until i see them get Evander back in the starting lineup and even then he wasn't looking great before when the season started so I'm just I'm not expecting much and I'm going to keep on that um game that really stood out to me for fantasy implications was Chicago and Minnesota that's one I didn't expect any goals from that if I talked about it on the show last week it was a that game was ripe for a 0-0 draw neither offense is doing a whole lot But that also makes it a prime candidate for your Because MLS game of the week, where you get a 1-1 clean sheet buster each way, have no idea who's going to score, and just avoid that at all costs, because that was one of those good defensive matchups. It happened to be Kai Kamara with an early brace, puts him at 142 total on his career in MLS as he's chasing Donovan. And I have to wonder now if Chicago's going to solidify 
Kamara scored a couple of weeks in a row now. Is he becoming fantasy viable as a potential bench play with the way they're going? That old school lump the ball into Kamara while he's in the air seems to work for teams. He's scored for 10 different clubs now. I just have to ask if he's viable. And I think I'm cooling off on Minnesota's defense just a hair. I was big on them for holding down St. Louis. I thought they would. They're still one of the better defenses, but that was a road game. They didn't perform. I'm going kind of back to that home only model for them, which is where I was kind of at anyway. But that was just, you don't expect to give up two goals to a team like Chicago when you've only given up four on the season. And that final one, we made the joke about it, but Houston versus Galaxy game just kind of confirmed the couple of things we've been talking about. Herrera is a solid, almost premium midfielder. When he's got a good matchup, he's a guy you want. He had a goal and an assist before he picked up that red card uh, late in the game. But man, LA Galaxy looked bad. That's a team that's frustrated. They're not getting anything done. They have very little creativity. They can't even bunker and counter well. It's just, there's nothing to like there. Uh, Pooch was supposed to be a potential MVP candidate, and we're not even talking about him anymore. Uh, Picking up yellow cards more than he's picking up goals right now. It's just, it's bad in LA. They are dysfunctional, and I can't quite say they're Montreal-level bad, but it's getting close. Yeah. Thank you for that quick breakdown, Blaine. Ashley, what do you have? Yeah, I had, I'm going to sound like a real, you know, picky person here. I had a 130, week rank 54. I shouldn't have anything to complain about, but I will. Um, I was texting the guys and asking, asking my husband right before the Sounders game kicked off. Um, I needed to scrub either Jordan Morris or Gressel. Um, to bring in some bench, some bossy bench points that I did not expect to need to bring in. Um, and I made the mistake of scrubbing Gressel instead of Jordan Morris, which was, I think, a 13 point difference, 12 point difference. Um, so almost at 142. Um, but I'll take the 130. Uh, again, swear I'm not complaining. My total value is up to almost 130 right now, uh, which makes me very, very happy. Uh, I took a gamble on Petrovic. I know a lot of people weren't very um, on him. Uh, and he ended up with a shutout and an assist, uh, which was a great start to my fantasy week. Um, last minute, added Arias to my bench after talking to Reed a little bit, getting some insider info there after those rosters came out. Um, and then Bowanga and Bossy both also on my bench. So Bowanga was a no-brainer for me. Um Bossy, I felt like I was kind of just reaching, um, and he ended up paying off. Captain heel, um, and all my defenders had shutouts. So, just kind of a kind of a crazy week for me. I feel like I, I hadn't had anything completely click. Uh, I just kind of had some things work out here and there so far this season. But um, like I said, week rank fifty four. I really shouldn't have anything to complain about, but I am still mad at myself for making the wrong choice in that fifty fifty call. So. Um, some expectations versus reality for me. Um, obviously Seattle versus St. Louis, to be completely honest, and I know it sounds cocky now, but I was expecting Seattle to kind of thump them. Um, I feel like the, the buildup to the undefeated streak that St. Louis had was a little off, 
Um, I think they still have some great fantasy players. I know we've been come at on Twitter for not giving St. Louis enough due, so I don't want to sound like I'm not. Um, but I did expect St. Louis to to take a tumble in Seattle. Um, but I expected it with Jordan Morris goals. And the reality was they did take a tumble, but not with Jordan Morris goals. Uh, so that was really frustrating uh, from a fantasy perspective. Ruby Diaz back on the score sheet, which is good for a lot of people. He's very cheap right now at 7.1. And I expect that we will see him starting probably this weekend and going forward, but if not very soon. Um, and then, you know, an own goal there and a 4.0 player scoring for Seattle. It's a great fantasy implication. Seattle defense, another shutout for fantasy. Uh, no goals scored at home uh, is definitely something to pay attention to for Seattle. Uh, Nashville versus Toronto was another one. Um, my expectation was not a zero, zero game and yet we got a zero, zero game. Um, I know whenever we say stuff like this, we get a little, how dare you? It's too soon, but I'm starting to feel like Mukhtar is underperforming. Um, obviously yeah. I'm comparing that to how he was last season. I know he started the season with a bit of a knock and had to kind of work himself up. Um, but he's only had double digits once uh, and, you know, has has had some decent opportunities of some decent opponents to to contribute to. So um, <clears throat> not not quite sure what's going on there, but it's making me a little hesitant with him. I think he burned a lot of our teams with that five this past week. So uh, LAFC and Austin, I expected Austin's road woes to continue and LAFC to score. Both those things happened. Buanga's second hat trick of the year. The first one was in CCL. Um, he looks phenomenal. Uh, you guys know how hard it was for me at first to like him because I loved Chicho so much, but I don't know how LAFC struck lightning in the bottle twice with their with their strikers. Um, he's just phenomenal. Uh, and another LAFC shutout with a rotated back line. That was impressive to me. Um, interesting to see who gets the start in El Trafico. Valencia or Hollingshead um in typical fashion they did this a lot last year they kind of rotate that back line always so it's hard to know if it's rotated or if that's just who's hot in practice that week um ask donuts if you're confused because I I don't ever know uh what the thought process is there sometimes uh New England Revolution Montreal my expectation was that Montreal would suck and they did uh, and the reality was a really good showing uh, from Bobby Wood and heel just being heel. Um, I think almost everybody in the world captained him and he definitely rewarded that with a, with a good showing. Um, and Bobby Wood drew a penalty, scored a goal, scored a goal, um, had another, you know, a pretty decent performance for a budget striker, uh, you know, something, something to consider going forward. So yeah, Reed, how did you do? So I got smashed by by Skyler's fantasy tax this week. I finished on 120, and then after the adjustments, I dropped down to 117, which uh, I think is the largest point adjustment I have ever received wow. in a single week. Uh, and so nothing really changed with my leagues. It was still like this morning, if you saw my GIF on, on Twitter, I was like, I got 120 points. Let's see how my leagues did. <laughs> Patrick got 123 points. I guess I'll just walk right back out of here. So yeah, in the in the experts uh, league, just again continuing this path. Like I did well at the beginning, and then for the past like three rounds, it's just been like I got a pretty good score, and like oh, and someone got a just a pretty good bit better yeah. than I did. But that's that's just part of 
the fun. I did a lot of tinkering after I saw that uh, Philadelphia lineup with Cincinnati. I ended up uh, throwing in um, Miazga and Celentano into my lineup, and so on as a as a auto route with the bench play potentially, and that worked out with ten from Miazga, nine from Celentano. I uh, did not go with any of the attackers, and I think see why from that game. Uh, it was still difficult, even though Philly had a huge rotation. It's part of my um, expectation reality. They had that huge rotation and their deep team. And we saw that again. Uh, it's still some struggles, but Cincinnati with the bulk of the possession, completely different than what it was against Miami. And uh, we had those late game, uh, just not, not antics, but stress at the end with the PK, the goal, and everything that happened right there. But I wanted to point out that Acosta got the PK, which which great for Acosta. I know some people picked him up. But in that game continuing, the pressure in the middle, Acosta was all over the field, mostly on one of the wings, cut into his point significantly. If not for that PK, we would have had another poor showing for, poor showing for Acosta, which puts him more into that Mukhtar category. I think like Ashley was talking about, not performing very highly. Sneak peek at the... Um, mega reference Acosta did come back to the key left the game shortly after that PK came back at the end in a sling expected to be out maybe one to two weeks so it will be interesting to see what kinds of changes happen we'll talk about that some during our player preview section right there but um you're right I just want to I wanted to look when you said that Acosta this is Acosta's first goal uh and it was his first double digit showing of the season so he's had two games with goal contributions with assists but um, that was his first goal and his first double-digit game, which is a little surprising. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not great. Uh, Philly, though, on the other hand, when they brought their A-team back in, you could see the significant difference, and that is something that we as fantasy players know. That's the quality team. Those are the players that we're looking for right there. Uh, quick, ex the expectation reality for D.C. Columbus. Uh, row team's always difficult. Columbus was there. D.C. has struggled, and so I, I know I rolled with uh, Zillarayon, and that paid off. Uh, and it was still good to see a strong bonus point production from those players on Columbus's side that uh, didn't get a goal, didn't get assist, still had some pretty good uh, point generation during that game on the road in D.C. So that was a very good showing for Columbus and a good little clean sheet for those of you who rolled with with that option right there. And then finally, we had some conversation last week about Espinoza. You know, I honestly don't remember if it was on the show or if we had it later on in chats Uh on, on Reddit, but there was conversation last week about Espinoza going up against the Red Bulls. The Red Bulls have that high pressure, just their style can mess with teams. And I think we saw that with that San Jose game where Espinoza was the only player to come away with a double digit score thanks to his goal. I think that's something as a fantasy manager we need to consider is that play style of Red Bulls, how that will factor into the normal performance of those teams. So if you got Espinoza, Good for you. You you did get those points, but just keep an eye on on who is playing Red Bulls because they can definitely uh, cause the team to not be able to play their game, and that will impact the general expected points that, that we can see from those players that may at times be uh, key to our planning. All right, quickie, a quick check over to who has rejoined us back in chat. Uh, I don't know how the editing is going to work out, but we did have some weird uh, internet problems for myself. Apparently, my cat had unplugged my internet cable and my computer was running on Wi-Fi, which is significantly slower than what happens when it's when it's plugged in. Um, not seeing much talk on the chat. So in the interest of time, we're going to move on to our housekeeping right after this. 
right, welcome back. Let's talk about housekeeping for the upcoming round eight with uh, fantasy. Of course, uh, round eight is never going to be complete unless we talk about our league standings first. And so a big shout out to Half Century City uh, in the Pro Rail Champions League, uh, still winning overall with a 6-1-0 record. Moving down to our Veterans League, it's Sombrero FC on points. Down to our homegrown league, uh, a new leader with uh, Manischewitz United 6-0-1. Not the first time he's been on this list or been announced on the show. Uh, and that is by points because there are two teams tied at 6-0-1. And, and then down in our new Discovery League, still three teams tied at 6-0-1. But it's uh, Dejan Foreign Resident FC. I probably butchered that, but that's what you expect. Uh, who is winning on points. Going down to our other leagues with Discord, we have three players who are tied at 7-0-0, but it is Christian, our very own Christian, who is still winning by points. Uh, at the Patreon head-to-head, we have 11 players tied at 5-0-1 with sloppy stakes by points. And then finally, in the MLS Fantasy Insider Experts Invitational, you crazy, crazy people, uh, there are three of you who are tied at 6-0-1, and it's, again, sloppy stakes by points right there. So for this round, everything starts, around 8, everything starts on April 15th, that is Saturday at 7.30. Again, like we have had for the past several weeks, uh, this is almost everybody playing on Saturday with that 7.30, 8.30, 9.30, 10.30 start. Be sure to plan out your um, a ruse accordingly. Then we do have one game on Sunday, April 16th at 4.30, which is LA Galaxy versus LAFC. That is the rescheduled El Trafico. Uh, and it comes at a very interesting time because we also have the second round of some more Champions League games. So we're going to see uh, Philadelphia play its away leg this week. And we're also going to see Vancouver, I guess, technically play its away leg this week at LAFC, so um, essentially a double home game for LAFC this week, how they deal with being there in, in Los Angeles. And last week they dropped that just pounding on Vancouver. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what you all think in our next segment uh, about how that rotation may play into effect. But keep an eye on those lineups that will definitely, especially I think that LAFC game, will play into some of the options that we have going into this round we have one team on a buy no teams on on double game and that is miami on a buy you definitely have switcheroo options there with 4.0 players easy 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 to get there uh seattle versus portland and san jose versus sporting kansas city are the late games on saturday so that's going to give you some good uh switcheroo options there if not autoroo options if you are eyeing that seattle game as several people likely are. And again, it's uh, that that Philadelphia game is on 412, which is uh, tomorrow, which is Tuesday. And then the Vancouver game is is it, is it Wednesday? Actually, we didn't we didn't write that one down. I think uh, Vancouver's tomorrow as well. Tuesday. Are they both Tuesday? Yeah, they were a day apart before, but they're both playing. So just check the check the schedule and see with that. But again, for Van, for the LAFC. It's, it's basically going to be two home games for them. No, you've got that. the, you've got that back. Did I switch it. Did they travel last Van- week? Van- no. Yeah, Vancouver is in LA tomorrow, Tuesday. Philly is playing on Wednesday. Oh, okay, okay, that's what I got backwards. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, good. That's and that's a big a big gap for for LA. So uh, thank you for that update, Blaine. I I glanced at that before the show started and just got it 
switched around in my head. Uh, we had a lot going on last week, and so Blaine, have you gotten a chance to run through the uh, the mega reference? Tyler, aka Ranch, was great for us today. Mm-hmm. Um, start off with some good news. We always love good news on this. Pedro Santos returned for DCU. Uh, defender playing up on honestly as a winger half the time, so that's always good to note, especially with the matchup they have this week. Um, a Bear returned for Seattle as a sub. I'm a huge fan of that one. That just adds more wrinkles to the what's going to happen up top thing. He was playing really well with Morris out wide. Now Morris is playing incredibly well up top. And then Rui Diaz scores a goal last week. So who knows? They've got three healthy strikers again. Um, Minnesota's young Sung Bin uh, sees his first minutes. And he was on set pieces. And that's why that one's here. Uh, big signing for them this offseason, and he's now taking set pieces, which is always good to note for a team like that. And then Polito started for sporting for the first time in like two years. So always nice to get guys back. That's huge. Um, some really interesting and bad news. Uh, Franco Ibarra picked up the red card for Atlanta. Hector Herrera picked up his red card for Houston. And then the Galaxy lost both Douglas Costa and Martin Caceres to red cards. And then the really rough news today, which we've heard about a little bit, uh, it was Daniel Van Zier for New York Red Bulls, who was accused of using some not-so-kind language. I guess he admitted to it or owned up to it. So watch out for a suspension to be handed down before the weekend. I don't know that many people were taking him because he hasn't been playing a lot, but that could be a long one there. So just keep an eye on that if you are interested in Red Bulls. As far as injuries go, uh, Kyoto was training separately for Montreal, so that's just another major piece down for them. Um, That dumpster fire is getting even worse. Uh, Judson for San Jose is listed as well. Uh, Maxo for Colorado had a really nasty collision. Oh, no. Yeah. With with one of Kansas City center backs. Uh, Went into concussion protocol almost immediately, so we'll have to see what's going on. It may not be bad, but he was wobbly when he got up so he is out or he's probably out for a little bit with that kubas for vancouver came off with a shoulder injury blom for st louis had a knee injury and then lucho acosta had his arm in a sling after the match i'm gonna throw out because i'm assuming you guys didn't talk about this last i know you didn't talk about this last week because i listened that joao paulo was out of the 18 for seattle as well that's right um, with with i think groin or hamstring tightness but didn't even make the bench so that's yeah. something to pay attention to going into the Derby this week. And one more that I have insider information on coming out of Salt Lake City. Uh, Crylock has been demoted to a bench role and a sub role. Ooh. And he was an unfeatured sub last week. So that was listed here from Tyler as a potential injury. I've got word that that's actually a demotion or just a better fit for him to come off as a super sub and play a little bit different role. Honestly, RSL needs to shake things up a little bit and find something that works. So I don't know how long he'll have that, but that's what's the word coming out of that camp right now. I do have one update Black and Red pointed out, and I'd seen this mentioned during Discord as well, that uh, Santos is not playing out of position anymore. Good to know. Uh, yeah, no, I I gotten a heads up about uh, about Maxo as well from Matt Pollard with with Colorado, keeping an eye on there. That did shake up some of Colorado's uh, lineup, so it's the kind of news that we hate to hear. Uh, but uh, there is, uh, we'll talk more about that in our next segment for how that could impact everything. 
If you want to learn more, keep up to date with all of these injuries and injuries and changes and call-ups and lineups, be sure to head over to the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord. Uh, that's where everything happens right there. Uh, lineups get posted as soon as we can we can see them, and the update is managed by the community, uh, which is just such a, a fantastic project that everyone participates in. Thank you so much. And the easiest way to find that, it's fun, it's free, is at MLSFantasyBoss.com slash Discord. And uh, now for what I know you've all been waiting for, we're going to talk about who we are targeting for our player picks for round eight. All right, welcome back for our final segment of tonight's show where we're talking about our player targets going into round eight. And uh, as always, Ashley, let's start out with keepers and defenders. Yeah, I... Uh... I kind of hate keepers and defenders this season. But this past week was one of the first times I hit across the board. Um, there's not a lot I love this week. Um, I'm considering doing a Schultz or Marks, uh, Columbus and uh, Charlotte, respectively, to Marcinkowski or McCarthy. Um, I think that this week gives a lot more opportunity for keepers. Um I think a lot of people are going to talk about Seattle defense um, and I, and I hear you, uh, but I, as a Homer, am staying away from that completely because it's a Cascadia Derby in Portland. Uh, Blaine's totally right. They're not scoring. Portland's not scoring very well. Um, but historically Seattle has rarely, if not never gone down there uh, and gotten a shutout. So it's not something that I, I lo I'll love to be wrong, obviously, but from a fantasy perspective, um, I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna touch that. Um, I like Rodriguez for San Jose, um, looking at San Jose defense this week for sure. Um, I like the bonus point production, uh, and I know it, it's against New England, but it's a home game for Farsi from Columbus. Um, looking at LAFC defenders, either Palencia or Hollingshead, if Hollingshead starts. Um, and then probably an FC Dallas defender uh, or a New York Red Bull defender. Um, I, I'm kind of going back and forth between a couple of different people. I'm also considering NYCFC. I know that I just listed more teams than we have spots. But uh, like I said, nothing is really screaming out to me too strong. Um, except for except for San Jose, Columbus, and LAFC, and then I'm kind of wavering uh, on on the rest of that those spots. I did this last week, which I think actually kind of got me in some trouble because of bench points hitting. But I'm at the point now, price wise, where I have enough money to start the week without a scrub, um, and then scrub a defender, uh, a late a later defender if everything else works out. Um, but I think that that amount of options has kind of messed, messed with my head. So I might just throw a scrub out there this week and then, uh, you know, go with everything else. So yeah, that's, that's my defense look this week. Elaine. Yeah. I'm a little bit different. I'm kind of all over the place because this is such a tough week. I do like Seattle just because I want to, I don't trust Portland and I'm willing to give Fry a chance on the road. Um, it's so one of those expensive, though. Yeah, it is expensive. It's one of those weird ones that I just I don't know who else to pick. Like I've got Charlotte in the first game, whoever starts for them, because I know there's some rotation there and just don't know who's healthy all the time. And Colorado hasn't been great. But I'm just I'm not sold on any of these. I honestly may go fry on the bench on the front end to whoever LAFC starts if I need it. 
and just do double up on that. And then I can always bail to Marcinkowski if Evander somehow starts and it looks like Portland's going to run out of healthier lineup. Like it gives me that flexibility on the back end to take some of those later games with one Sunday game and a match that I like with LAFC. It's not bad, but I'm looking at road, which tells you how bad this weekend is. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe it's just if Kyoto's out, maybe it's just you slot DC's keeper in on the bench and you pray for nothing to happen there as your first goalkeeper and just run with it. Um, betting against Montreal has paid off multiple times this year, and that may be the way to go. That is, DC is going to be cheaper than any of the other options I'm looking at as well. So that may be, and I don't even know who DC's keeper is right now. Like that's how bad I've ignored them. Um, for that same reason, I think you could be safe if you're needing budget. Look at one of the DC starting defenders. Again, I know Pines has the best average, but I don't know if he's starting every game. I don't pay attention to DC. But Montreal's that bad. I think you can take DC on the road defensively, take some cheaper options, throw those guys on your bench, hope they hit, and then free up money for everything else on those little bit later games, although there's not too much option to do that. Uh, Sorry, the app is still broken, so I am having to switch back and forth from multiple devices. Um. Other than that, I like Alex Roldan there. Um, he gets forward. Portland's defense has been pretty terrible. I think there's a chance for bonus points. I also like Gressel. I know that's not the matchup everybody would want, but Austin has been pretty leaky all season. Their home form isn't much better than their road form. I would take Gressel again this week. I think he's worth it, and he's been putting up so many offensive numbers. And then looking at possibly benching Lindsay in that first game against Colorado, he's picked up some bonus points, played pretty okay. It's an easy one to slot in for that first game. And then somebody from Dallas, uh, probably Martinez, but just somebody from Dallas to save a little bit on budget. As I was putting my lineup together, I actually went way over budget, so I couldn't afford like Rodriguez for San Jose. Yeah, I've got a good budget, but I've got a lot of money tied up in my midfield. Like, I liked Rodriguez. He was one of those early names I threw in my team. But when it came down to budget crunch, uh, healthy Polito, healthy Russell, I don't know that they've got the clean sheet there. It could be a good chance for bonus points. I just – I don't know if I want to invest in that one right there with some other options out there. What's your budget, uh, Blaine? I'm at, like, 124. What's yours, Ashley? 129.8. Okay. Uh, I just want to say – because I just looked it up, that the Sounders have only ever gone to Portland and had a shutout four times since the start of this rivalry, which was 2011, and they've only done it once in the last four seasons. So they're due. Uh, you could look at it like that, but <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm, I'd be cautious. Is all I'm gonna say. But I, I will say, I think this is the weakest Portland team they've gone to face. In a I long think time. I think so too. As you know, in rivalry games, the weaker team tends to stand up a little bit uh, when called upon by their people they hate the most. So all I'm saying is those with Fry and Alex talking. I I that you make me nervous. I'm nervous for you. Yeah. Well, again, I saw a tweet as well. I think I said this was the <laughs> the season where the Portlanders had the fewest shots on goal ever. Mm-hmm. And so uh, at this point in the season, so it's interesting right there. Uh, so I guess I'm leading up the the bottom right here. I, I I've not even cracked 123 yet. So I'm like 122.6, something like that with with my budget. Uh, so so I'm definitely still using those 4.0 scrubs, trying to uh, 
to field some teams, but you guys have covered a lot of what I'm looking at as well. Uh, I'm currently just running a solo keeper and then I'm looking at um, probably San Jose as, as a target was also tempted by, by the Red Bulls with there, knowing that, uh, that Herrera's got that red card. He is a, a huge part of that offense. They have other offensive pieces, so it's not like they're just anemic without him, but uh, that could be that's that's a keeper that I've eyed on. If you're looking at San Jose, any of the 730 games is going to be an ideal keeper for you to make sure you see that. And of course, if you want to roll with someone from the LA Galaxy or LAFC side with El Trafico, then you of course use anybody who you want to for your your keeper. But I'm kind of looking at at San Jose right now myself. And the same thing, undecided. On defense, this is where I try to shave some money. When I need to shave money, this is where I look over at at the defense to see if there are any players that uh, I can get maybe that second choice player for a few less and uh, free up some cash there. It becomes a bit more either bonus point based or sort of clean sheet hunting at times. Uh, but yeah, someone from Seattle I'm targeting as well. Um, trying to not buy into the superstition. Again, looking more at the Portland form. Uh, LAFC is another team that, that I'm interested in, uh, like Hollingshead and some of what he's done, but yeah, the questions about, will he be there? And again, um, San Jose is, I'd like to double up my keeper with my, uh, defender. And so those are other players who I am looking at. I, I think you guys have touched on other options though, that can be there. I'm, I'm concerned about some of these games that Columbus, New England game. I know we've looked at some of those teams recently for some of those defensive players uh, they've both been scoring i don't know how that was going to end up i mean that maybe that could be a one one kind of draw there where we don't get a lot going on for each team with with how it goes the charlotte colorado game also is really intriguing to me just to see what happens there with yeah. colorado not being a great offensive team but both teams struggling not knowing what's yeah. happening with colorado's defense does that open something up or or what's going to happen there so there could be some value options right there as well uh and and then again going down into that st louis cincinnati game i think that's a big um coin toss with what's going to happen with acosta being gone uh, how is st louis going to respond to having these losses right there we know there is is value in the st louis back line and cincinnati has at times struggled with some goals so you could have uh, a little switcheroo right there that could work well with uh, an la galaxy team member uh or sorry with the lafc team member because we're not let's just be honest none of us are going to be picking la galaxy defenders this week let's just be honest right there uh so with with an lafc team right there so i think there are some other options that people could look at if they're looking for those differentials but i'm sure that tyler will send us some very interesting options in his article this week so don't want to get too deep into it Uh, but thanks for uh pointing those i think you guys are on the right track Let's move on now to midfielders. Blaine. Yeah, this is a terrible week for midfielders. Um, All the ones we want are on the road or pretty close to it. And that really hurts for me. I'm at the point where just pick the best guy against the worst team, against the worst opponent, and go with it. So Almada hits my list really fast for that. I don't trust Toronto's defense. Almada's been a bonus point machine, plays really well. I think that's a pretty safe bet just to go pick up some easy points and be done with it. I'm going to continue to bet against Montreal, so I'm taking click. It's He hasn't been stellar 
But if there's a game he's going to hit double digits, it's going to be this one. He's a little bit cheaper as an option as well. So this one's a big, an easy one to slot in. The early, you can throw him on the bench if you don't like him too much. Um, going to go, da- I've got to pick somebody from Dallas. I'm leaning towards Velasco. I feel like he's got the better style to go into this RSL defense that has not been playing well. And I think he goes, He may, no, he doesn't go down the side with Brody, which is also helpful there. So I'm just, that's just one of those, I really like that game. It's probably one of the better home games you can get. Everything else I'm torn on. I know Ashley's got a name she's going to throw out there. I'm looking at Vela, even though I do trust the New England defense quite a bit. Like, I don't know that this is that big one. But he's on PKs, their style. They could go get one there. His free kicks are always nasty. I could just see him doing damage to New England like he always does. Free kicks and penalties. And then it's probably the easiest one to put in there is Espinosa versus Kansas City with the way Kansas City's playing recently, (laughs) giving up a lot of goals. So it's it's kind of take the take the best player against the worst opponent, and I think the other game and I'm Ashley's going to talk about it because it's her team. But I mean, I'm looking at maybe even dumping Zella versus a good New England defense, and trying to pick up something in that Seattle game. Ashley, yeah, I I'm going to reiterate a couple of names that that Blaine said. I like Espinoza for a couple different reasons. Uh, I I do like Zella. Um, I also like heel, even though it's, he's a road on the road. Um, I think Almada is, do I say fixture proof? I don't know. Reed and I were talking before the show started. He did have an assist, um, this past week, but he got 11 points at NYCFC on that pitch, um, on the road. I, you know, he's, he's just really producing, um, I know he had that off week, his first game back from international duty, but um, he just is looking so good. He's definitely, you know, on my team this week. Um, and then the the mini I'm considering, although he's only scorned me so far this season, is Santi Rodriguez um, playing at home against, remind me, uh, Nashville, um, who, you know, has been a pretty solid defense so far this this year, but um, playing, you know, up on that narrow pitch can tend to benefit him. Santi only got a three this past week um, against Atlanta, which I think is a little surprising. Um, but it's something lineup dependent wise, I'm, I definitely might consider. Uh, and then I'm really on the fence about Nico Ladero, guys. Guy can't crack an eight. Um, without Joao Paulo there as well, um, I think that he is, it's, it's not the same game. Um, Based on the matchup, I might talk myself more into Christian Roldan, uh, strictly for the matchup potential. But um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I maybe I'm just being too pessimistic as a fan. But from the fantasy perspective, I'm struggling a little bit with with Seattle midfielders and defenders this week. I think that's totally fair. Uh, got some similar names as well: Espinosa, Zella, uh, Amada, uh, Nico. Looking at, uh, and then I also had Ojeda as as one, just because. Uh, again, that was a that was a point or a a budget move I had, just under eight million left, and was looking at some of the options, and and he fit that. 
and Orlando is away to Minnesota. So last week we talked about how Minnesota was on a bit of an uptick with, with their production, uh, but he seemed a, a best option as possibly a bench switch uh, potentially there. Uh, first draft, though, still looking at some of the other teams. Other names, uh, Dallas I looked at as well. And the biggest pick you're going for there, Blaine, I'm assuming, is that they're against RSL because all of their midfielders have just not been producing well at all. And so I know that um, Valeska has been the one that we've we've gone to, but still there's just not been a lot of consistent point generation or, or shots there. And so it's it makes me struggle when looking at the Dallas players. And that is uh, definitely something that's a bet against Real Salt Lake. It is definitely something where the player I, I would hope is going to be on your bench. Um, but 8.3 million is still still kind of pricey for something about that, depending on on where you're at with your um with your points. I mean, you'd be looking at the same thing if you were going to go with like glitch with with DC 8.8. That's still some uh a player who has um not been producing where we had expected him to be, just a bunch of threes recently. For him as well so there's there's some question marks i think that we have there uh looking at that elf traffic go there i mentioned that no one's going with la galaxy for for their defense i consider this game also for some midfield options just to see what was there i know that uh, that brugman's been a very popular pick mm-hmm. going around uh lately and so you could you could consider him with with la and then over on, on lafc Again, I kind of feel like Dallas with LAFC's midfield is that there's not been a lot of great standout midfielders here. And I know that Tillman tends to be Tillman, the one that people go say. for, but his his not had consistent minutes in the last couple of games. He's not even played full 90s. His points have dropped off. He has a couple of goals. His shots have dropped off a little bit. And so it, I just feel like LAFC does not have a lot of fantastic midfield options. And again, maybe you're betting against LA Galaxy, but... Uh, this this could be around when maybe you go with four, dare I say it, four midfielders and hit three forwards. Is this a three forward round or is this a five defender round that someone wants to go with and, and go light there just with some of the weirdness? Because it is, it is a strange week. And the answer will probably be no. Other players will step up that we didn't expect except for Spencer and it'll be be one of the highest weeks of the season. But these there are a lot of just weird mismatches here and that's sort of the process that I've been going through I've been trying to evaluate some of these these players to see there. Well, Loxley did not like your suggestion to go with four midfielders. He uh, says take five. I mean, that's that's the way I tend to play, and so like it's it's just strange to even come out. But I mean, that yeah. that was something I did think about going through yeah. here. But I'd rather roll with three forwards and save up some of that money to shift into some of these defensive players or some of these offensive players. I mean, looking at maybe aggressor with depending on how that that game works. Uh, but that's just part of of how um, you're going to have to play and yeah. and maneuver and choose your tactics with this. I mean, Roldan, a good, a good call out as well. Yeah. If you want to go for some alternatives right there. So definitely. Three, and- I want to, I want to give one note on LAFC because sure. it's something I've seen. And I think it'll be really helpful at this point. Um, Tillman came off at 60 minutes this week mm-hmm. and with the rotation, they have no depth in midfield. Yeah. I mean, it's Acosta, Ilya, Sifu and Tillman. And that's it. That's all they can run out there. So they're already dealing with tired legs with a congested schedule. Anybody is potentially rotatable at this point for them. So it's kind of a crapshoot on who is going to sit. If you really want to gamble, watch the minute, see who's gotten the most rest. 
If Tillman goes 90, then that means they probably pulled him last weekend to prepare for this. I like Tillman. Sifu's not too far behind him on my radar, but they've only got four guys. So there is going to be rotation and you are risking it. There's not a chance like, oh, all three guys are going 90. That's not happening. So keep that in mind that they've only got four healthy mids that are MLS ready right now. Yep. Let's move on to, since I mentioned forwards, let's talk about forwards and who we're looking at for this round. So Ashley. Okay. So here's where I'm going to eat everything I've just said about Seattle. And one of the first people I put on my team, but did put on my bench is Raul Ruiz. So Raul Ruiz scores against Portland more than just about any other striker in Seattle history. Um, he's cheap right now. I think he's 7.1. Let me check before I say it wrong. 7.1 because he's been hurt. Um, he just got on the score sheet this past weekend. Um, I think he'll start. If he doesn't start, I'm not going to obviously play him. Um, I'm not here for just the bench goals. Uh, Aber will not start. Rui Diaz might start. Um, that will shift Jordan Morris out to the wing again, which makes Jordan Morris less of a goal scoring threat. So all of the goals that anybody got from Jordan Morris in the past four weeks, you're not going to get if he moves out wide and Rui Diaz starts. So just for consideration, um, I think that that's important to note when lineups come out. Um, I think Bawanga has to be in everybody's team. I don't understand how he wouldn't be. Um, and then Jesus Ferreira was was another one of the, the players I put on my team first, again, for kind of obvious reasons, mostly the, the matchup. Um, but I'm also considering Swiderski got back on the scoreboard this past weekend. Um, Charlotte's just not a team I trust. <laughs> um, and so, you know, like, it just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think that he's an option, but... Um, I just worry about them. They're not consistent enough for me to really figure out, um, you know, if he's a, a goal scoring threat, but Rui, Belonga, Jesus for sure. And then uh, I'm just kind of trying to figure out what to do uh, in case Rui doesn't start. Blaine. Yeah, I'm kind of in along the same lines. Ferreira and Belonga were the first two guys that I put up here. I really think you should probably take them both. I've talked up Dallas, but I just don't think RSL that great I think this is a chance for Dallas just to run up three four goals on somebody and Freire is going to be involved if that happens so I think you want a piece of this one um it's that third spot for me that's really all over the place part of me is leaning towards Benteke that's an expensive eight million pick to throw on the bench but again it's Montreal and Montreal's giving up goals like crazy if Kyoto's out Piet I guess we forgot it in the injury news Piet suffered a pretty nasty injury and he's out at least six to eight weeks if not longer they just they don't have anybody it's where are they going to hold the ball you're you're asking a bunch of kids to play against mls ready teams i like it's feeding frenzy at this point and if they're if dc is going to do it and i think they've got the quality to do it benteke is a likely candidate to get multiple goals in that game it's hard for me to ignore him Swiderski getting on the score sheet threw him right on my radar too. It's that early game. It's an easy bench pick. See what happens. Um, Rui Diaz, if he starts, is such a good value against a bad opponent. You could go there. I will say if you're going to look at Rui Diaz and he doesn't start, okay, Morris is better in 
Morris is another one you could easily switch to. If Rui Diaz starts and you don't have the money, like, but don't do that. Do... But don't do that because if Rui Diaz starts, then Jordan Morris is out wide. So yeah. please don't pick up a yeah. second LAFC striker. Yeah. Or, <laughs> I mean, set the money for Morris in case he's up top. You can always yeah. downgrade to Rui Diaz. Yeah. Or sure. if you don't like that because you think Rui Diaz is going to come out early and Abair is going to go in, uh, Abobasi's right there at that same time slot. So you've got another late game option that you can use in that same time slot. And I know chat's going crazy about Abobasi right now. He's kind of yeah, cooled off a little bit lately, but they always like him. We always hear his name. Um, and it is Kansas City who has given up a few goals recently. I think their defense is better than what we thought it was going to be, and I think they are going to slow down San Jose a little bit. Espinosa gets his value from bonus points. Abobasi is more goal-dependent. I could see him getting one. I'm not saying he won't, but I don't think he's that big home run like you would find in a Rui Diaz starting or a Jordan Morris starting against Portland or Benteke getting Montreal. I think he's just a step down, but we've got to mention him being that late. And if Seattle really changes things up on us, then we have you have to have a pivot and you're already going to have Bawanga. Do you try to pick up second LAFC or you've got a yeah. Bobasi right there? Like, I think you go. I think Bella and Apoko are way better backup plans to Rui Diaz or Morris than Abobasi. I'm happy to see him get a brace this weekend. Then prove me wrong, but I think Abobasi. You could say he's due, but he's definitely cold. And yeah. there's a game the next day with three great striker options, or even Buke if you want to go. He's got to be cheap, I'm sure. I think that hitting that LAFC game is a better fallback. Yeah. And Let me just say, saying he's due is fallacy talk. That's I agree. That's, yeah. that's not how <laughs> that's not how things work. I agree. But this is fantasy land where people go, oh, Kansas City's terrible right now. They're last place in the league. You bet against those teams. I think the defense is a little better than that. But I know Chat was talking about him quite a bit, and it's like we, you got to know he's an option if you don't like what Seattle does at that late time slot. It gives you several starting options to pivot sure. to. And I think that is fine reasoning, not and not he is due. Uh, again, yeah, I think you all touched on on the the ones that many people are are looking at. The one I'm going to throw out there again, kind of random, mentioned at the top of the show, injury in Colorado. What's going to happen there? Petty, maybe there with uh, Charlotte for how that could could happen, depending on what happens with Colorado. Seven million switcheroo option there as a forward, potentially. I uh, just want to put his name out there on the list for those who might want to, maybe I'm taking something from Tyler. I don't know. I don't know if Tyler's a Charlotte kind of guy, but uh, uh, that's another name I think we could throw out there. Otherwise, I, I think you hit the big ones. The most interesting one's going to be that Morris Ruiz because of the timing of the game, uh, unless you're willing to make significant changes to what you're going to be doing against an El Trafico. Not going to be a like-for-like like swap there with with some of your money. So if you're budgeting for Morris and starting Rui, you're making sacrifices somewhere and leaving money on the field. So uh, that's that's going. But I love what you said, Ashley. If if you're not going to do, if if Rui Diaz doesn't start, then look up or look at doubling up on those LAFC yeah. forwards because I mean Bell is not much more expensive than Rui Diaz and also yeah. cheaper than Jordan Morris. So you may be able to leave a million. I see actually, I guess 1.7 million floating. That could be easier than what you had to do to get, to get Morris. Can I do a mini tangent with you guys before we do captains about 
who we're benching and how. So traditionally, you all always start players who are in the later games in case you need to scrub them, right? That's kind of the strategy right. yep. that universally uh, those of us who have played for a long time do. I am struggling this year. Maybe there's someone out there like me where all of these games are so close together that I've been trying to stick to that because that's what I know. And it's bit me in the ass more times than it ever has before. And it was this last week I was talking to someone else that I play with and they were saying, I'm starting to just bench the people that I have the least trust in and running two scrubs. And I, I'm not even paying attention to when they play um, I or I run one run scrub and I do have a later game player that I wouldn't be terribly upset to, to scrub out. But because of how the games have been timed out with this, I, I, my understanding is it's the Apple Plus like, you know, structure, uh, how the games are, are all so close together and often all on the same day, um, that it's just getting more difficult to do that effectively. Do you, do you guys have any opinion on, on that? Do you, have you felt any of that like I have this, this year where? No, I think you're. I think you're right. Uh, it's I think keeperoos are still pretty easy to manage. Uh, if you get that's what I was saying, seven thirty games and ten thirty games. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. that's your sweet spot for where you're getting yeah. things things maneuvered. Um, otherwise, you end up in a situation last week where it's like, oh my gosh, there's there's extra time. We knew there was extra time. This game's going to be a few minutes over. I need to make the decision now. Uh, this format definitely plays better with auto ruse. It plays better with, just like you're saying. I have three guys on my bench. I have two scrubs. In the field, I'm going to automatically get the two highest scoring players there. This week, slight caveat because we have that Sunday game. We can do a a little bit some, but no, you're exactly right. When everything's on the same day, I too have felt that. And I have been Mm -hmm. leaning heavily into the Otteru life, which frankly, I did that last year as well when my kid was born. So that was was just easy. So, but um, yeah, this this schedule, I think, has definitely played better for the Otteru strategy. Yeah, it's yeah. uh it's it's difficult for me because I I have always once we get to this amount of money, I tend to play a full team and then I scrub out whoever needs to be scrubbed out. And so it started this past week because it's the first time I was able to do it and especially I saw someone else say this chat when you go to games, it's even harder, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you're raising a baby or doing other things to, you know, it's getting it's harder to to pay as much attention to and um yeah, I'm just considering that kind of set it and forget it mindset, which yeah. isn't what I'm used to. But um, when all these games are on the same day within the same three hours, you know, I think, I think yep. that that's something um, if it's not your, your style. And again, maybe other people aren't struggling with it like I am, but so, my style is not set it and forget it. And I'm starting to think that I need to adjust that because this schedule is making it hard to be not a tinkerer like I am, but you know, a methodical tinker. Uh, it's getting a little a little tougher. Yeah, I've always felt you get more bang for your buck with the auto ruse. I know uh, you do. You're risking you're risking less money. Like your example earlier, oh, you put Rui Diaz in there, or you put Morris in there, and then you downgrade to Rui Diaz mm-hmm. because he's starting up top. Well, now you're stranded two million or three million. What do you yeah. do with that extra money? You you're so late in the week, you you're not using it. Yeah, last week I had six point eight million just in the bank. Because yeah. of who I had to scrub so many people. And to bring I'm sure points. you would have loved to have had a different midfielder with that sure. money. Sure. Yeah. My, yeah. I had to scrub out a mini. Do you know how hard that was, you guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's why I've been a big proponent of 
auto ruse and it's my yep. double game week strategy i'm not shy about it you don't tinker you set it forget it on double game weeks mm -hmm. and just let the best bench take it for you Where, mm -hmm. what i have found though and i am not this player i am never a double defender bench play i all i i usually run three defenders two defender scrubs and my bench is set up for auto ruse with my attacking players I have found with this schedule, I'm running a whole lot more defenders on the bench, seeing mm -hmm. those early scores, and then falling back to either cheaper options or better options or able to upgrade one of my midfielders on the back end. Sure. And that's been a lot more forgiving than how do I scrub this midfielder? Or do I scrub a forward for the guy on my bench? What am I doing mm -hmm. now? I've just found it's been easier to run a couple of bench defenders play with it that way and if they hit then i can scrub one of my defenders and i have a little bit of money freed up not a lot sure. more i'm not scrubbing out three million excess it's a cup it's a million or two excess that yeah. i could then upgrade another player or i don't feel like i'm doing what ashley did and dropping seven million on my bank in the bank yeah. and waiting for the to next be fair week. i did still have a price rise but that was miraculous <laughs> yeah we could probably well, talk anyways, about that a lot thank, longer yeah. but thank yeah. you guys i just wanted to, to kind of have that conversation i've been having at other places as well i thought it'd be good to kind of touch yeah. on it here absolutely absolutely valid let's wrap everything else up with our captain picks actually guys i don't have one i mean i really I, I really don't i i'm leaning towards espinoza last time i captained him he didn't he didn't do me so well um my first thought was bawanga um i think reed and i are the ones who, who say this and i apologize blaine if, if you're often in this with us but i hate captaining the last game i hate captaining so i don't know why i just I, I i hate captaining someone in the very last game um what if he doesn't start what if they run a bunch of youths because they had champions league i don't know um it's a whole day later it's a trafico but uh i think bawanga is probably probably who i will end up putting it on much to my dismay and i'll just have anxiety about it as everybody hits on saturday but um espinoza and bawanga is who i've been bouncing it back and forth blaine yeah, you take the best player against the worst opponent, and that really yeah. screams Bawanga this week. Yep. Um, it's I'm the one that will captain a forward more often than everybody else that comes. I don't like captaining a forward. I just hate doing the last. But you're right, we don't yeah. like it. <laughs> and and last game makes me nervous because it is Champions League. What if they do rotate? But this is El Trafico, and Bawanga's really felt like an Iron Man type of player. Yes, he subs right. off at the 80th minute, but he's scoring goals when he subs out. So. We've never felt bad. Or he did sub in the other day and then still scored. Yep. After like, traveling for like 18 hours yeah, back he took a from red the eye. bone. Yeah. Yeah. This this man is an Iron Man. So yeah. if, if you're worried about it, we've got an Iron Man potential here that I I trust. If you don't like that game, Espinosa is always a good shout. I would be willing to consider Almada going to Toronto, though, as my right. second captain. He only got he, eight at home against Toronto this year, I will say. That's what makes me nervous. I say yeah. only like that's picky, but for a captain, you know, only yeah. eight. Yeah. Reed. Uh, so this week, I currently have my captain's armband on Boanca. It's hard for you to say, isn't it? It's, I was, I was trying harder to build to it do, up. I was to trying say. to build it up as much as I, <laughs> I could. I, I think Espinosa is obviously in, in that mix. I'm kind of concerned about the sporting Kansas City defense. They they put up a pretty good pretty good showing. Um and uh I I don't know. I I could see that factoring it. There a lot of but 
is it fair to call it Blaine like a lot of center back strength there with SKC and I think that's not a good setup for Espinoza sure. unbelievably yes that's what it's been that was the big weakness we had and didn't change it up a whole lot. I mean, Castellanos was a cast off from Nashville and he's been playing out of his mind back there at center back. Yeah. So, so I feel like that, that could eat into Espinoza and I'm considering Boanga. I know he had that, that massive, hat. I'm not banking on another hat trick, but he had those two oh. against Vancouver earlier in the week. He had three this week. I want to see the lineup. I feel like this might be the time when, Hey, we're already three up on Vancouver they're coming to us here at home. We've got another game on Sunday here in LA home, quote unquote, that maybe there's, this is some time where some guys get some rest because they, they can, um, I don't know. I have no clue, but it feels like this one could be like, maybe some guys get some rest in this game or play at the beginning and then come off at halftime or, or at the 60, something like that. So, um, we see what I could see what happens right there, but I, I do like Boanga and it is, check the full moon because I, I am not, I am often not one who does throw the armband on the captain, especially when it's the last game of the round. So uh, chat seems to be pretty similar as well with their little bit of, of Vela mentions here in the game. Um, had a little, little uh, delayed conversation about, about Boanga for, for a forward option. Again, uh, there's, there's several forward options, I think, so I don't know. Betting against Montreal, we'd love doing it. Um, is it with the other options that we have? Do we love, hate them enough for going with that? Maybe. I don't know. But uh, I think we've had a good conversation about forwards that to fall back on. So I think, uh, yeah, we covered all most of the captain picks. Look forward to seeing for the participation in the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord community player poll this week. We only had two players selected as as captains last week oh. so we may have only two player options selected again for this week but if you have other options besides uh Boanga or Espinoza vote and, and let us know I'll throw it up there top three is what I put when we have three uh in the results and so uh just put share your opinions and put it up there let the community know who you are thinking and it doesn't have to be your team it could just be uh if the sky was the limit these are the players you think are going to do the best or just whatever criteria you want to do for how you're selecting the players that you're submitting and you don't have to submit every number that we ask for as well i just put a couple for each if you'd like to do that but head over there and check out the player poll that that christian helped us with and participation is always appreciated well, after some weird technical hiccups that we had at the beginning of the show, I think that we have finally come to the end. Thank you so much for everyone who hung around with us. I apologize for any strange editing at the beginning of the show that may happen once I get around to doing it. Uh, but let's uh, just wrap everything else with up with our plugs. Blaine. Yeah, I'm going to plug a group that doesn't get plugged very often, and that's our chat on Monday nights. Um, they stuck with this Aww. through technical difficulties, but they're always throwing out crazy ideas. And... <laughs> One that got missed right at the end, and I, it wasn't a good time to throw it in, is actually Gutman may be back for Atlanta. He was on the bench, looks healthy. If he's back, that could push Wiley up to the starting left winger again, oh. which definitely throws a wrench into everything because he was on fire as a winger, scoring multiple goals, assists, everything. This is 100% on chat for letting us know. But these are the type of things you miss when you're not in chat with us. 
And we don't get to announce everything they say on the show. We try to follow along, but we can't cover everything. So that's just one of the little nuggets that's in chat on Monday nights. And if you haven't come out for a show, definitely come out and hang out with this crew. There are a lot of fun people that give give us a lot of crap and give us a lot of good insights on things that we just can't keep up with. Ashley. I got nothing. Rivalries? Rivalry weekend? It's not even rivalry weekend. I don't know what's going on. The two best rivalries in MLS? Everything else is irrelevant? I don't know. We can see what happens. Yeah. Uh, same for me, as always, MLSFancyBoss.com for our articles uh, for Tyler's and the, and the Discord poll. MLS Fancy Boss Discord for that fantastic community and continuous chat that goes on there. And the MLS Fancy Insider Patreon community, as we plugged at the beginning of the show, it's just uh, such a great to have you all along for the ride with us as we continue down the fantasy season. Uh, it's it's flying by so fast, but uh, we still have a lot to go and look forward to sharing that with you all uh, throughout this entire year. So as we always say, good luck. Mm-hmm.